0: RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. We all know about hemp, or do we? We know that it can be used for a multitude of things and that there's a big industry for hemp in the world. So why are we not part of it? We thought we'd want to find out a bit about that and talk to Donald Mac McIntosh, who is um, from the New Zealand Hemp Collective and also Hemp Seed Holdings, Who's been in the hemp business, well, thinking about it, since 1988? Donald, welcome to RCR.
1: Nice to be here. Thank you, uh, uh, Paul, and thank you for the opportunity.
0: Since 1988, boy, that's
1: going back. Yes, a bit well, prior to that, I was involved in the fishing industry and I made big changes there because we didn't have a level playing field. Um, and the government at the time, which was a Labor government, was crowing about the level playing field. So I made big changes there. And that was one of my rich periods, Paul. I've been a millionaire a few times, but me and money have a very brief association. Um, And I used my money at that time to put a full page ad in the paper and say, look, we haven't got a level playing field. Um, And eventually uh, we got allowed to export two tonne of power and we got quotas and all the things that weren't being taken care of. It's the same thing here. We, this year, it's the big last hurrah for me. I right. want to um, uh, put a full-page ad in the listener and essentially saying, Paul, the industry turned up with a full backpack and you, the government, our elected representatives, turned up with nothing.
0: I don't quite understand this because I am aware, you know, that hemp is a mainstream product in the world and it's used for more things that people would probably know. Yet it seems to me that there's this weird, I don't know, for what reason, connection that's always been made here between hemp, the industrial product, and, you know, cannabis, the drug, and they don't seem to be able to let it go. What's what's the issue there?
1: That, that's the real problem. For years and years they asked me questions about um, marijuana. Now, I'm going to refer to it as marijuana because in the States, it's called marijuana. You get a medical marijuana card, and there's no misunderstanding of what you're talking about. In New Zealand, we call it cannabis. Well, that's like saying it's a car. Well, what sort of car? Or a truck? Or a ute? It's, there's recreational, there's medicinal, and there's industrial hemp, and never the twain shall meet. And what I noticed with politicians was they were all right if I was talking to them about hemp. The moment that I meant they said, "Well, hemp? What is it? What is it? Flax? No, no, it's cannabis." The time no, they didn't even blame oh. no. Yes, and the worst thing was the moment you, the word cannabis came out of your mouth, you could see the shutter coming down over their brain—not their eyes, their brain. They shut off. They went straight back to spiky hair, rings through your nose. I don't know. Whatever misconception they have about people. Well, there
0: would have been a misconception because that's not the case for cannabis users I've known over the 40 or so years that we've all been dabbling around and doing it. Um, That's just a stereotype.
1: Yes, it is. And and anyone
0: anyone with any life experience or worldly knowledge would know that immediately. Yes,
1: that's been a frustration for me, because when I started doing this, I actually left down here where I live now in Tawanui and went to Wellington, and the idea was to speak to the politicians till I was understood. I thought it would take two or three years. Eight and a half years later, and it was really only full of debunkle, um, uh, my ex and I helped her get um, signatures for free breast screening for women at a big um, do in Auckland. And she said, if I'm ever in a position to help you, uh, I will. Well, six months later, she was Minister of Customs, and I get a phone call and, right, let's get this beastie going. Um, the other problem is that that unfortunately the Ministry of Health um, deal with this. And to them, everything is a drug.
0: Yeah, but they go home and drink wine at night, mate. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, you know, they can say what they like.
1: Uh, and the problem there is that, uh, uh, for instance, um, uh, I've said to them all the way through, but look, you can buy poppy seeds, you know, and if you're of that inclination, you can make a pot of tea, and wander around talking to all the little animals. I mean, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Why is cannabis so... Uh, reti- well, what I call it is that it's disabled. They totally disabled the hemp industry, and it started... that They made a big fuss. When Peter Dunn was minister, um, I actually went and saw him one uh, Saturday morning when I lived up in Newlands, and uh, I said to him, well, you know, this is all the da daddy da da and he said, yep, sounds like a good idea. This was in 1996, uh, but I won't be fronting it in Parliament. Later on, he became the Associate Minister of Health, and I said to him, well, look, you've been lazy when you made the law for for um, uh, marijuana, and everything's in there, terpenes, flavonoids, CBC, CBN, CBD all of those sort of things, and they need to come out. And he made a big fuss about the fact that they were going to take them all out, Paul, um, but specifically CBD. And yes, it was taken out. What he didn't tell us was the same day he took it out, he put it into the Medicines Act. And we only found out, when the medical cannabis people came along. Now, don't get me wrong. I am very pro-medical cannabis. I presented to the Select Committee on Cannabis and Health in 2001, and all we got out of that was Sativex. But at least we got something. And I had the whole Select Committee in tears explaining about a relation of mine who had really bad cancer and her nurse had recommended, she said she didn't want any more morphine, righty-o, we'll take you off that. Can your family get you some cannabis? And they could. Well,
0: I know that one because I had cancer and I was on morphine and it was sending me crazy. I couldn't get any sleep. I was, you know, someone, somewhere else, someone else. And I can tell you what, boiling up a bit of, in the butter, a bit of that, it, oh, my God, what a difference. Yep. You know, there's, and no one can ever tell me anything different, i got to say. Real-world experience. And I didn't need anything else. And I—I I wouldn't say I sailed through it, but it was—I could sleep again. I could maintain the pain. So anyone who says anything different can rack off. As far as I'm concerned, because I've been through it. Speaking of Peter Dunn, he was okay club. though. With what was that? We should form a club. <laughs> Peter Dunn was the guy who was okay with synthetic cannabis, though, wasn't oh, yes. he? So you know, I, I'm trying to work out what page these people. Are wrong, well, isn't it interesting that after
1: he did all that, he then wandered off to become the CEO of a medical cannabis company. Yes, now, that's They've right. got just introduced anti-corruption um, uh, legislation in Australia where something like that would be seen in a very poor light. In New yeah, Zealand, I can't get in any minister to carry out an inquiry.
0: Obvious conflict of interest. I do know uh, about the origin of the feeling towards cannabis in New Zealand, though, because I interviewed someone who was an expert on it about 20 years ago um, in a series I did about why people smoke. All right. And that was one of the things that people smoke. And really, the demonization of cannabis happened during the Second World War while the American troops were here. And they would have African-American jazz artists come out to perform for the troops and they would bring cannabis. And there was a big fear amongst the culture here that those those African-American men on their cannabis, watch out, women, you know, um, they were here, <laughs> they were coming for our women. And, and according to that person who had, you know, studied it all his life, I can't remember his name, he was a university professor at the time, um, that's where that fear uh, came from, he thought. And that
1: so. was deliberately cultivated in the US because it was Mexicans and um, African Americans that that were doing it. So they were second class people. So it wasn't a hard target, but it's interesting that I've got this tiny little um, uh, film that was made at the time because during the Second World War, they changed their mind. They put out a a film called Hemp for Victory. They actually outlawed it in 1937 with the Marijuana Tax Act, and nobody knew what marijuana was. It was something that um, uh, African-Americans and Mexicans um, indulged in, and uh, the white boys were apparently getting into whiskey. I don't know. I wasn't there. But Mm -hmm. I went and saw Barbara Chabocky in Australia um, in 1994 because she had just, Um, made a video or a documentary called The Billion Dollar Crop. And when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. Um, I also read Jack Harris' The Emperor Wears No Clothes, and I couldn't believe that either. Um, And I thought, hey, what's going on here? Surely I haven't been lied to all my life. I don't know whether it was lies, whether they thought they were doing the right thing or what. I'm always suspicious, and I tell my son a thousand times a week, I'm a conspiracy
0: theorist.
1: I've got my hands It's okay
0: to be one now. (laughs) Well, actually, the same thinking, you could say, in a different way, has has been applied recently. This absolute denial of any other way of looking at something, you know, and just, just blocking it out like the sun blocks things out. Um, to the point where, well, that doesn't exist. So we don't have to think about it. So when it comes to hemp and the potential value in it, I mean, people aren't going to be, you know, rolling up hemp fibre and smoking it. It it can be put into all sorts of industrial processes, made into all sorts of products. What are we missing out on?
1: Well, it's the multiplicity of end uses. We're missing out on, A, our own creativity because, New Zealand people are great innovators. We're really proud of our number eight wide approach to things and how we can do amazing things. Yet here we are, we were at the forefront of this, and now we're at the back of the bus. And this is because of the, look, Einstein may not have been the first to say say this, but he said, The two most abundant things in the universe are hydrogen and human stupidity. And I think the human stupidity is what comes into this in a big way. We have not been able to get, and for a start it was just me, and then more and more people came on board. We have not been able to get a minister to listen to us saying, we're being disabled by the Ministry of Health. The Ministry of Health should not be running this. They should... Uh, to To put it in an even broader context Paul, there essentially is no real medical cannabis industry if you take industrial hemp out of it because the majority of of the products come out of cbds cbn cbc all of those sort of things which did, have did you, no just, you just properties. explain
0: to our listeners what what that is what you 've just listed they're cannabinoids
1: um And they have different um, uh, possible therapeutic and health effects. And the terpenes are sort of like the smell. Uh, So most people these days at least would know what the smell is like. The flavonoids, well, uh, uh, there's many other things with flavonoids in them, but it's all these things that we don't know about that uh, are really interesting in terms of the benefits they give us. And the Ministry of Health says one molecule of THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, which is the one that the, the government is supposedly concerned about.
0: That's I'm the drug one. Sure. Uh, that's, that's the one that gets you high, I take it.
1: Yes, makes you, makes you laugh at movies that aren't funny and raid the fridge. If that's <laughs> the side effect, I'm puzzled why, why it's even an issue.
0: Should be compulsory um, at the Ministry of Health. Pardon? It should be compulsory at the Ministry of (laughs) Health.
1: Look, we had a lovely lady from MPI who wanted every farmer in New Zealand, uh, specifically dairy farmers, to grow at least a hectare of hemp on their land as a start to an industry, continuity of supply. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I went down to the Matara mill where they make medium density fiberboard and I said, look. Would you like to try some hemp? And they said, yes, we would. How much have you got? And I said, about 30 tonnes of stalk. And they said, well, that's the first minute taken care of. What do we do after that? Wow, that's huge volumes. They need 200,000 tonnes, not 30 tonnes. And that's the real issue. We've had the the cart firmly in front of the horse in New Zealand because in order to get anywhere, we had to pretend we had an industry to create an industry and then the industry has failed to catch up. It was doing really well under the interagency working group. Where it started to fall down was where me- medicines control came in. And look, I've got no problem at all with uh, a government department that controls the medication that is supplied to us and we take faithfully.
0: Well, I, you, you might want to, well, some would, would disagree with you on that, given. I know it's a broad record.
1: statement. Um, and I, I agree. I've got real issues with some of those things as well. I've had chronic fatigues um, for years and years and years. Um, what helped me? Hemp seed oil, uh, hemp tea, all of that sort of thing. I've told the Ministry of Health, you are criminally negligent and not allowing this to people. And what was the first medical cannabis product that came online? It was hemp tea. How do you, what's the prescription? Boil some water put it in a cup,
0: and put a teaspoon of yeah, it. No one makes any dollars out of that, though. Really? Donald. You know, no one makes <laughs> yeah. big farmer money out of that. <laughs> you can't sell that for enough. No. that's done that, at home.
1: That, that might be a, one of the problems, but the multiplicity of end uses. Look, when I started doing this, Dave Joy from Forest Research, I was doing it at um, Palmerston North in the, uh, in the university's fruit crops unit, And he came down from Forest Research, and they made all sorts of things. They used a centrifuge, and they made credit cards. They made uh, disposable drinking cups. They made edible fast food containers, all of these sorts of things. And then the government turned it into an SOE. Half of those um, scientists fled our shores, and we seem to have lost that use of, um, of the hemp stalk And I don't understand that. Now we have the Damien O'Connor or MPI giving millions of dollars from the MPI Food and Fibre Fund to an Australian medical cannabis company to grow up around Nelson. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. How are you helping Kiwis doing that? And what's happened to the real farmers? Why aren't you helping them create an industry instead of this? Because, look, This is what it gets down to, Paul. In my view only, the medical cannabis industry is a bit of a false front. Why do I say that? Well, Tilray in Canada, they're the biggest medical cannabis producer in the world at this point in time. The Chinese will probably overtake them very soon. And most of their product, 85% of it goes to recreational, which is legal in Canada. It's just ridiculous. And I think what happened in New Zealand is, all of these people spent hundreds of millions of dollars or managed to put together hundreds of millions of dollars to get into the medical cannabis industry because they thought the referendum was going to go their way. And they all got on TV and made all these statements about, oh, well, we don't care. Of course they care. If it's all about money, of course you yeah. care. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I care about people's well-being and I don't want the last 30 years of my life could have been wasted on yeah, something enough.
0: that goes nowhere. So you still can't um, argue this or, or convince the politicians, but it sounds like it's the bureaucrats as well, though they could be told what to do. Otherwise, you don't have a job. <laughs> See you later. Um,
1: yep. Wouldn't it be good?
0: Something, something is still in the way. It's obviously their perception on how the public will view them by making any any decision that looks like they're supporting drug use, which is illogical, doesn't make sense, but that sounds like the hurdle. Uh, I mean, is it just a matter of waiting, bearing in mind you've already put 30 years in and you don't want to be waiting no. around too much longer? Or, or you got to make it happen now?
1: We're gonna, I'm going to give one last hurrah at making it happen. And the, the, let me explain to you, Paul, that what's happening right now as part of what needs to happen for us to succeed. We need to get the media involved to ask the questions that they're just brushing us off when we ask. We need people like yourself to be asking ministers, well, is Mac right? Have you failed to turn up? Have you failed to support this industry? Are you even aware of the fact that it could sequester carbon, it could replace your great wanting to plant the whole country in pine trees, which is utterly ridiculous, you've got this opportunity right there, and it's the multiplicity of end uses. You know, wheat, you can make quite a bit of things out of flour, but you can't do much with the stalk. I liken it at the moment to the fact that we're allowed to grow wheat, cut off the head, burn all the grain, you can do what you like with the stalk. Well, that doesn't make any sort of economic sense to anybody. Uh, So why have you set this up so that you can do almost nothing with industrial hemp without getting the heavy cudgel of bureaucracy come down on you? And why do you believe your officials over the people that are doing it? And they've been singing the same song because I've been there since 1996 on the this – I was put on the working group in 1998 – And I've been singing the same song from day one. So either I'm a nutcase or you guys aren't listening. Now, we did have a good minister in Annette King. She told me on the radio nothing would change. Dr. Bob Boyd came on and assured me that it, it would all go ahead. This meant that we would still have hemp seed oil, whole hemp seeds, because that was what A360 was. That was an application to have whole hemp seeds available, the best nutritional package available, now we've got to de-hull them. And it took them 20 years to come up with that exercise and brilliance. And guess what happens? The first thing you take the hull off, you expose a bit of oil, it starts to taste tangy. No, it doesn't. It's going off. It's sour. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, if, if I wasn't saying this to you, I would listen to myself and say, this can't possibly be happening. This is a country that prides itself that it hasn't got corruption and that it manages to get things done. Well, I don't see any evidence of that. I see politicians sticking their heads in the sand, believing they're um, bureaucrats, and that's the trouble with elections. You change the politicians, but you don't ch- change the advisors. So, you know, the real problem here is actually getting them. We've got a, a webpage called Hope or Help Hemp, and it's help open people's eyes and things like that where this is the last hurrah for me. After that, it's time to pass the baton. If I don't succeed in getting somebody somewhere to say, enough, let's take every economic opportunity that this product um, provides us, let's stop being paranoid and let's get on with it. Now, have they shown a pension for doing that sort of thing in the past? Well, the answer to that is no. But still, if you don't try, Paul, you don't know.
0: Well, as a <clears throat> New Zealander concerned for the economic health of the country and maintaining exports and products to sell to whoever wants to buy them, you don't want to miss opportunities that are staring you in the face. It's so dumb, number one. It's just dumb. It sure is. And and you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. And it sounds like just a limited number of people who have never had a life, I mean, if they had had a life, they wouldn't be thinking like this. They're so down in their rabbit hole or whatever it is that they're they're like a foot on the brake or, you know, they're pulling up the handbrake for the rest of us. So something's got to give, surely.
1: You would like to think so. The other problem is this, when I left here, all those years ago, the local farmer said to me, you get it legal, Mac, and we'll grow it. Well, it's interesting that no one is growing it in my immediate vicinity except me. Why is that? That is because of the name, Misuse of Drugs, Industrial Hemp 2006, which the very name indicates that you're doing something wrong before you've even started. Then they have to get a police check to see that they don't have any drug convictions. Why would any farmer put himself through that? (laughs) He just wants a product that he's going to make money out of and he's hoping it's going to be better for the environment because we've finally started to realise that we've got to stop dirtying in our own nest. Uh, So the reality here is that real farmers would like to grow it, but there's no money in it because we can't sell most of it if the medical cannabis industry, for instance, wants the product, then just buy it off us. You know, you're not going to pay a premium. You never do when you buy things in mass. But the farmer makes the dollars. You go away and turn it into medicine if that's what you want to do. We want to turn it into food stuff, products, plastics, um, uh, material, carpet underlay, uh, twines materials, although we probably never compete with the uh, Chinese in the material side of things, but there's just so much that you can do with it. And they, they're now claiming they make batteries out of it. Um, Waikato yeah. University, they've made a one of those eco cars that uh, travels around out of hemp um, and they do the great uh, 3,000 mile race every year over in Australia. Yet we're sitting here as you pointed out before, um, playing the dumb card. Well, surely our politicians are not that stupid that they they want to fix up things after these natural disasters, Paul. Well, hello, over here waving the handers. (laughs) We've got the answer for some of your things. I used to say it would save the planet. I don't say that anymore because that's a ridiculous statement to make. But it can do something on the plus side because it doesn't need much in the way of um, uh, fertiliser. it does need. It is a, um, a hungry hog, but if you have decent soil, it'll do great and you can grow it in almost any medium and you don't have to spray it because it's got almost no enemies. So, you know, you'd think that, that this alone would bring it there. Perhaps it's because we don't have the infrastructure here And I do think that one of our major problems is that we've had 60 or 70 years of the government's propaganda that cannabis is bad, and turning that around has been beyond them. If you look at the legislation they put up for the referendum, I mean, it was utterly ridiculous. A limited number of outlets. You've got booze available everywhere. By the way... I'm a recovering alcoholic and I've been off the booze for 50 years. I have no problem with other people drinking it, um, but it's no good for me. If you want an instant backside, just fill me up with alcohol and I'll turn into one for you immediately.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but people might smoke the underlay. (laughs)
1: I've had that joke run past me, oh, can you smoke your jeans and all that sort of thing. The first five or ten years, Paul, it was humorous. It's not humorous anymore, because surely you've got enough intellect to go beyond that now. Uh, In the early days, yes, it was understandable when uh, people only had one concept of it. I think the other problem is this. Everybody thinks it's legal. They think the party's over. That there's no problem at all. I People are growing here. You see it on TV. Yeah, it's easy. And I was listening to an interview by a compatriot of mine the other day on your reality check, and I tend to disagree. It's not easy. It's not easy to get a license. It's not easy to maintain it. It costs 500 bucks plus GST. Yes, you can say that uh, for three years. The claim is that that Um, it's world class legislation (laughs) well it depends how you define world class Um, perhaps you've changed a couple of the front two letters um, and you have what it actually is Uh,
0: (laughs) I'm I'm thinking about that
1: (laughs) Uh, well it, it, it is not world class legislation and now all I've done is gone about micking around with it for instance It's common knowledge, scientifically, that you have to have 1% THC for there to be even the glimmer of a psychoactive effect. All but one state in Australia currently have 1%. We've still got 0.35%. Now, it doesn't bother me with my five cultivars um, because mine are really, really low. And genetically industrial hemp is different to recreational. Recreational is years and years of us mucking around with it, uh, trying to make it better for the end result we Stronger, want. Stronger,
0: faster, yeah, yeah. better. Yeah. yeah,
1: bigger, better, faster, uh, that sort of thing. Nothing wrong with that if that's your bed. And uh, that has been at t- uh, various times in my life. got no worries there at all. And I know a lot of people that would prefer it to... Being an alcoholic, uh, I don't. It, it's not for me to judge uh, about other people. Uh, what I want is people to help us get this over the line. Wake up, you politicians! Stop subduing this um, huge opportunity. Let's get it done like it was meant to be when you started it. You started great with Danny King and Philip DeBunckle. What did they do? Um, uh, de Buncle got turfed out of parliament because she had hemp curtains or something like that. I don't know. The lady I was telling you about before, an MPI that wanted every farmer to grow a couple of hectares, guess where she's working now? You tell me, the minister of health.
0: Oh, great.
1: And you can't write
0: the script, eh?
1: I mean, I don't know if that's uh what I think it is, but. You know, it's like Cheech and Tong. If it looks like um, yeah. and, <laughs> a uh, duck, I'm not going to say probably, what their one was. probably is. Uh, it's I probably you, a duck. And, and the same thing here. Uh, it, you have to laugh at it because it, it frustrates you so much that it's just a common sense approach of, and sadly that doesn't exist anymore, mm. of let's just do the right thing. Let's do the right thing for our people our country, um, all of those things. People can get hold of recreational, no trouble at all. And we've already got pseudo-recreational, pool. I can remember Andrew Little saying, oh, no, no, we're not going to have things like the medical marijuana cards in New Zealand. No, what you've got is a system of pseudo-legalisation. All you have to do is get a prescription. And guess what? Anybody can get one. And what do you get? You get irradiated stuff that's imported from Australia. I mean, I can't help laughing at the stupidity of this because I think Einstein was right. And sometimes you have to bury your head in the sand and say, why are you bothering? Well, you're bothering because it would really bother you even more if you didn't.
0: Wow. Okay. And so you you mentioned at the start you're going to do a full page with the listener. You're probably going to need to do more than that. Donald, to, uh, get, but that's possibly a start. We've just been talking about it. That will go around a bit. And it's an election year, a lot of other issues. So um, good luck. <laughs>
1: that's the real problem. I, if it came between him and nurses, I would say give them some more money, for goodness sake. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are more deserving, and I don't want to hold us up as being more deserving. Well, if you,
0: but if, if it can earn them, the, if it can if the business can wash its face and earn us foreign exchange or whatever, then why wouldn't you do it? Why, why would you not compete with the rest of the world when you've got all this, you know, resource to grow it and people to process it, jobs to be had? You've got, uh, you know, the company you mentioned could take 200,000 tons of it if, if they could use it in their product. I mean, that's a serious amount, right? So there's, there's, there's business in it.
1: There is, and... My suggestion to you, Paul, would be can you get the Minister of Agriculture on your show?
0: I don't think we can get any Minister of, of this current government. We, we, can, we can reach out and we can see, but... Um, I was being smart. Yeah, well, like I'm saying good luck to you, you can say good luck to me on that one. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, look, at the end of the day, you don't try, uh, you don't win. Yeah, at right. the end of the day, I know that this worked for me once before. It's a different time. Different um, makeup of population and all that sort of thing. I know all that, but yep. it's a self-fulfilling philosophy to say you can't.
0: No, no, you to got it. You, say got you to. can't. You definitely won't. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere with "can't." I know that. Yeah. All right, Donald. It's been really interesting talking with you. Good luck. We'll look out for that ad and any debate that comes from it. And maybe one day the uh, the Ministry of Health and the um, the bureaucratic class can be replaced with people who actually have had a life. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: what we need. We need yeah. it out of Moda, out of the Ministry of Health, have its own legislation and treat it as what it is, an economic opportunity. Yeah.
0: Okay. Donald McIntosh. For- Mac, thank you so much for coming on the uh, program from um, Hemp Seed Holdings. And what was the other entity that you... Were- New Zealand Hemp Collective. That's right, the New Zealand Hemp Collective. Good luck. Thanks for coming on RCR. Thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.